In the south of Brazil, in the state of Minas Gerais, the residents of Brumadinho, a town with roughly 36,000 people, are complaining of an outbreak of skin diseases, depression, and odd illnesses they've never seen before. It all started just over a year ago, shortly after the local dam collapsed. 270 people died, and the collapsing dam generated a gigantic mud flow that covered everything in its way. Employees of a Brazilian mining company were eating lunch Friday afternoon when the dam collapsed. The collapse caused a reddish-brown sludge to bury buildings and much of the surrounding areas. Rescuers are working overnight into Saturday as they search for around 300 people who went missing. The mine's offices and a cafeteria were hit first, right during lunchtime. Then houses, roads, and even a local river were engulfed by the destructive torrent of thick sludge. Finding the victims became a challenge. Entre 20 and 30 corpos. There were only a few bodies found intact. I found only one body intact. What we found the most was body parts and dead animals. More than a year has passed, but the complications continue. The collapse of the dam produced more than 12 million cubic meters of toxic mud, and now residents in the region are dealing with mudslides, health issues, and contamination. And Vale, the mining company that managed the collapsed dam, is also starting to legally face the consequences. Homicide charges have been filed against Fabio Schwarzman, the former CEO of mining giant Vale, which co-owned the mine. Fifteen others have also been charged with homicide and environmental crimes for their role in the disaster. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Al Jazeera's Manuel Rapalo was recently in Brazil, where he met families who lost their loved ones in this tragedy. And he saw the repercussions the toxic mud is having on people's daily lives. So, Manny, what was the purpose of this dam? Because it, if I understand correctly, this wasn't a hydroelectric dam that's used for powering the city, right? Right. The dam in Brumadinho, which is owned by this mining company, Vale, is what's known as a tailings dam. These types of dams are used to store the mining waste. So it's fair to say that this was a mud dam that was designed to hold toxic waste. And it was toxic waste from what? It's toxic waste because of the amount of chemicals that are used in the mining process. So when the iron ore is extracted, it's processed, and anything that's uh, not used as a final product is dumped into these dams. And it's held together basically by gravity and by, by the uh, adhesive properties of the, of the mud itself. So they're not necessarily designed to be uh, used in, the, in, in long-term projects. So I know this is a big question and you might not have all the answers yet, but what do we know about how and why the dam collapsed? The, the type of dam that we're talking about, a tailings dam, it's not your average dam. It's not the sort of thing that you'd see blocking a river, you know, the sort of giant concrete structure like the Hoover Dam holding back a river or holding back a lake. This is a mud dam. So if you were to ask an engineer why this collapsed, the engineer might tell you that it wasn't stable. It was the rainy season in Brumadinho, Brazil. But I believe the official reason, the official cause of this collapse was a process called liquefaction. That's when uh, a solid or earth 
behaves the same way that a liquid would behave. And January happens to be the rainy season in this part of Brazil. So the ground was already very saturated with water. But there's also another very important factor here. And that's that the dam had already shown evidence of being at risk of collapse. But Vali, the company that was responsible for this dam, they hid the evidence. They hid evidence and knowledge that the dam was at risk. So the dam collapsed because it was going to collapse. But if you ask the question, why did so many people die? The answer is because of the mining company's negligence. Vali, as you mentioned, the company responsible for this dam is the world's largest iron ore producer. But this isn't the first time that something like this has happened and not the first time they've been implicated in a disaster at one of their dams. In November 2015, the Mediana Dam, it's located in the same region, if I'm correct. It, it collapsed and it killed 19 people. So how did this company let something like this happen again? What's tragic about the Mariana disaster in 2015 is that the company adopted a motto that was Mariana never again. And you ask how the company could repeat the same mistake. And I think that that's a question that the prosecutors, the state prosecutors in this case, have uh, have answered. We spoke to the lead prosecutor in this case. Her name is Andresa Lancotti. Our investigation found that Valley knew about structural inefficiencies within the dam as far back as 2017, but did nothing to address the problems. We hope the charges lead to prison time for those responsible. In all, there are 15 people who are now facing homicide charges for negligence and conspiracy to cover up um, knowledge that they knew that there was a risk because they, they, they didn't want the company's reputation to fail. So what did residents that you spoke to have to say about that point? Well, that's tough because Brumadinho is a mining town and... One way or another, everyone who lives in this town benefits directly or indirectly from the mining industry and from Valley itself. It's the, it's the livelihood for a majority of people in this part of the country. So from what I gathered from the people that I had spoken to, there was a sense that people wanted to give Vali the benefit of the doubt after what happened in Mariana. Uh, the company had said that they were going to make reforms, but after what happened in Brumadinho, the attitudes uh, shifted completely. There's almost a 180 degree difference in what people say about Valley now. And again, it's a mining town. When you arrive in the town, it's just like any other town. There's a big concrete sign that says, welcome to Brumadinho. But that concrete sign today is covered in graffiti, calling Vali uh, murderers, Vali assassinos, calling them, uh, holding the company responsible, calling for justice and accountability over the deaths of these 270 people. There are some that say that these types of dams, because as you mentioned, this was a tailings dam. They're meant to hold waste and the byproducts of, of mining. Some say they shouldn't exist any longer because they're unstable and the toxic waste that they collect is ecologically unfriendly, disastrous. And every time one of these dams collapses, we hear not only about the victims, but the environmental damage. So for the people and Brumadinho, what has that been like for their everyday lives? So it's been a year since the disaster and people are still dealing with a lot of different kinds 
of, of problems that have stemmed from that initial collapse. And it's one thing to sort of hear the news of the dam collapsing and burying almost 300 people uh, in several meters of mud, but it's very different when you see it uh, in images, when you see the pictures, when you see the video of that wall of mud just speeding down the side of a hill and covering anything in its path. And there's, there's one thing that you need to take in, into consideration. This isn't like uh, a landslide when it, you know, buries a car or an avalanche and, uh, of snow and you're looking for victims. Those are, those are terrible too. But the force of the water, the force and speed of this mud crushed cars, it crushed homes. Anyone that was caught in the path of this mud flow was basically torn apart. So when we talk about the rescue efforts to, to, to find all but 11 people, they weren't finding bodies intact. They were finding pieces of bodies. O rejeito da mineração, ele é muito denso. The volume of the mud flow was very dense. All that volume broke apart houses and cars. People who were hit directly were not found with their bodies in one piece. There are still 11 bodies that weren't found. And what the government of Minas Gerais and the capital city of Belo Horizonte are saying is that they're not going to stop looking uh, until all of the bodies are recovered. But that's just one of the instances of this continuing trauma that's plaguing the people of Brumadinho. There's also uh, several other problems. Um, the, the biggest one that I can think of would be the environmental disaster that didn't just take place a year ago. It continues to play out, especially as the rains uh, continue to fall in Brazil. You met several people who were looking for their loved ones, and one in particular that sticks out to me. I recall from your TV package in Al Jazeera English, you met a woman who's looking for the body of a loved one. This was a very emotional interview. We sat down with Natalia de Oliveira the night before the one-year anniversary of the Brumadinho disaster. And if there's one thing that we can characterize about this town, other than it's the sort of cliche, very obvious mining town, is that it's a small town. So everybody in, the, in, in Brumadinho knows one another or knows someone that was killed or knows someone that is still missing. And unlike the other victims of the dam collapse, Natalia's sister... Uh, was never found. There was never a body. There was never um, even a, a piece of her that, that was recovered. We count the hours and the minutes waiting for the phone call to say they've found a body. This is all very sad. But the saddest part is not being able to give our sisters a proper funeral. With such a small town and with this being such a big employer, it makes sense then that there are some people and some residents who lost more than one person in this disaster. You met a man who lost both his sister and sister-in-law. What could you tell us about him? Atamayo Ferreira, this was actually the first person that we interviewed when we arrived in Brumadinho. He said that he couldn't find the words to describe the level of negligence um, and evil by the company Vale. I think the dictionary does not even have a word to describe an irresponsibility of this scale, the greed and cowardice. Because what happened here was premeditated. I say this to you looking into your eyes with no fear of being wrong. 
He himself is a former employee. He lost his sister and he lost his sister-in-law, who were both also former employees of, of Vale. And just like a lot of other employees of the company, he no longer wants anything to do with Vale. And in many ways, he's become um, an activist, wanting change, wanting the, wanting the town of Brumadinho to find another way, uh, another industry um, that doesn't make the town reliant entirely on mining. So we mentioned before about the 2015 Mariana Dam collapse, and that one to this day remains the worst environmental disaster in Brazil's history because it generated 40 million cubic meters of iron ore waste. Now, this dam collapse in 2019 in Brumadinho, released around 12 million cubic meters of waste. Where does all of that go? Most of it ended up in the river, in the Paraupebe River. So the mud traveled eight kilometers. That's more or less uh, five miles from its point of origin. Again, January is the rainy season in Brazil. So even a year later, that mud that's still sitting there continues to, uh, to pour into the river in the form of runoff water. And as you mentioned in your introduction, uh, a year later, people are starting to report uh, strange symptoms associated with the waste from that mud, specifically the people that are living closest to the river. We are having many problems with skin disease. We're all covered in red bumps. Our animals are dying. My son-in-law has rushes all over his body. My neighbors as well. All this began after the mining accident. The local government has already asked people who live near the river not to fish. It's ruined an entire industry, which was the fishing industry along the river. The government has asked people not to eat fruit from trees, not to uh, plant anything that they plan to harvest later out of fear that all of that waste, every year as soon as the rains come, continue to... Um, to pour into the river in the form of runoff. It was a terrible disaster that took place last year, but the environmental impact, the environmental disaster, is something that continues to play out and will continue to play out for years. So you spoke to an environmental expert. What did she tell you? We spoke to a, an environmental scientist who has been working with activists in the region, trying to preserve land that Vali owns, but is also sort of pristine forests where there's aquifers and natural springs. And her warning is that... Here in our region, the iron ore and the water exist at the same geological depth. And if we keep mining, we will destroy the aquifers. So this is a matter of choice. We can either take the water and the aquifers or allow the mining companies to operate. And basically what she's saying is that if the region doesn't adopt a different industry apart from mining, there won't be any water left to support the people who even live there. Wow. So where does that leave the people of Brumadinho? It's kind of a tricky situation, given that people in Brumadinho do realize that they depend on the mining industry, that they depend on Vali, but there is a growing voice of, of, of opposition 
to the mining industry, both in Brumadinho and in the state of Minas Gerais. And to some extent, Vali has listened to these voices. There have been several dams that have been closed. There have been monitoring centers that have been created to be able to warn residents uh, who might live downstream or below a tailing dam so that they can be warned in the event of, a, of another accident. But I think that for now, the biggest thing that we can note is that that change in mentality, that change in how people perceive the the mining industry and there's there's a growing hunger for for something else people no longer want to have to rely on these mining companies for their livelihoods and where does that leave vale because they're a multinational company now facing potential consequences in brazil what what does accountability look like that's a question that i was asking people myself what does accountability look like Fifteen executives with Valley are facing murder charges. There's an additional murder charge for the company CEO, Fabio Schwartzman. And I think that for the people of Brumadinho, that's a pretty good start. Um, there are other concerns from residents that live and depend on the forest itself uh, surrounding Brumadinho for shelter, for food. These are the indigenous communities. They've also come out in protest. There have been marches on the streets. There was one on the anniversary of the Brumadinho disaster where indigenous communities are saying, look, we're here, we're with you. We sympathize with your pain um, and we also want this change. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ney Alvarez with Dina Gispe, Alexandra Locke, Priyanka Tilve, Amy Walters, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan was the sound designer. Natalia Aldana is our engagement producer. Stacey Samuel is The Take's executive producer. And Graylin Brashear is Al Jazeera's head of audio. Special thanks to Manuel Rapalo, Mariano Rosendi, Mercedes Vargas Lugo, and Pilar Tajerina. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, go to this episode's description. You'll find extra information about the topic, but also our social media handles. And for more, just go to aljazeera.com slash the take. Hold up. 